Hello everyone, welcome to Kill the Cast Presents Jerry Hates Action, where I bitch about action movies and people get pissed off about it. And of course, joining me is the Silent Hill biker himself, Kenneth. Hi! That was How very enthusiastic, I liked it. Uh, a little bit different than my normal introduction. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the ever-quotable Jay. I feel the need, the need to get to the chopper. That was, that was pretty good. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, and then, joining us from uh, Legion Podcast, Who Will Survive Podcast, it is Paul Stevenson. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yes, and Paul is here because when I was on his show, uh, That's right. his Friends Till the End show, um, I asked him if if – what movie would he want to come on Kill the Cast and do? And he said Predator. So, mm-hmm. uh, we're not doing Predator on Kill the Cast. We're doing it for Jerry Hates <laughs> Action. So I was like, well, come on this anyway. It'll it'll be great. So that's what Close we're enough. doing. So tonight, yeah, yeah. we're tackling Predator, and we're tackling Top Gun. Yes. And uh, I'm sure by the end of this, some of you will hate me. And I'm sure by the end of this, I'm not going to care, and I'm going to sleep like a baby. So, uh, it's all good. Fucker. At least you get to sleep like a baby, you dick. Yeah, I do. Now that I'm all, like, working on my health, I sleep through the night. It's fantastic. Very good. I'm so happy to hear that. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, first we're going to start with uh, Predator, starring uh, two former governors. Indeed. Uh, starring <laughs> Apollo Creed, starring right. the guy who uh, did the new Predator movie, yep. and, and directed Iron Man 3. And directed Iron Man 3. Oh, that's not a good thing to bring up. <laughs> uh, and uh, The Jungle. <laughs> I guess. Well, I'll be damned. I didn't pay attention to him directing Iron Man 3. And... Yep. Uh, and Billy from the uh, Forty Eight Hours, right? The uh, the Native American guy was also the bad oh, guy. Oh yeah, you're right. And one of the bad guys in Forty Eight Hours. Oh shit! Oh, I've yeah. never actually watched that movie. Oh, it's I pretty good. Think, I didn't even think about it. He's in a few other things too. He's he's one of those recognizable faces where you're like, oh, that's the Native American guy that was always the bad Native American guy in eighties movies. <laughs> Not he's the this entire one. one. He's a good guy. That's I right. Guess. Yeah. Depending on what side of terrorism you stand on, he's the good guy. That's right. So this movie starts out pretty low-key. You get Dutch and and Dylan. They're boys, or at least they're pretending to be boys. Uh, Mm -hmm. They do a weird in-the-air arm wrestle thing. Yeah. (laughs) So sexy. Um, You son of a bitch. (laughs) Yeah, I just think it's weird they they were arm wrestling in the air. I've never done that. It's just to show you how manly they are. Yeah, it's just like asserting your dominance. I think I got how... that scene was to show muscles. I think I Mm -hmm. got how manly they are when I saw their fucking bone structures in their face. (laughs) I got it. I got it, movie. You're good. Um, So they used to hang out together and blah, blah, blah. They're macho being macho, super macho. Uh, and, uh, so, first bad thing in this movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger 
is told, or Dutch is told that Dylan um, has to go with him. And Dutch is like, no, we don't work with people. And white dude's like, I don't give a shit. We've all got orders. And Arnold Schwarzenegger's like, yeah, fuck my principles. It's all good. <laughs> like us orders are orders, right? Orders are orders, but I'm like super confused whether Arnold Schwarzenegger is officially in the military or not. Sure. Yeah, I think he's in the military, but he's very guerrilla is his character. He's 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 off doing his own thing for sure. Yeah, but uh, see, he's got, doing black ops. Right, yeah, I, right. I got more of that. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, where you hire somebody. Uh, like a mercenary. mercenary. Yeah, yeah, I got more of the mercenary feel. Which yeah. he he does say that they turn down a mission because they're they're a rescue team. They're not assassins. So apparently they've tried yeah, to get him to be an assassin. Yeah, exactly. That's Commando. That's after Predator. That's right. In the timeline of Arnold movies. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so my point is, is is this okay? So this movie is filled with a lot of things that if you pay <laughs> attention are just fucking stupid. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. We just start <laughs> off with that. Uh, so then they get in the air and they find out there's no backup or anything like that. And and for an elite fucking squad, you think they would have figured out those details before they jump in the chopper and fly out there? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, they're like, fuck it. Yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> so then they uh, find a shit ton of dead bodies that are skinned. And right. They knew one of the guys. That was beautiful too. Those skin bodies looked awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They did. yeah yes. Dan Winston that. does good effects. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty rocking. Uh, mm-hmm. So they find that they have more bullshit conversation that does not matter. Uh, then they find the base. They find the gorilla base where they're supposed to be. They sit there and and scout out everything. Watch someone get shot in the fucking head. Uh, right on top of a bunch of grain, which if I, I, I wouldn't have done that, I would have kept my food separate from dead bodies. <laughs> you think right? this takes place in what South America in the jungle in South America? I don't yes. know because Cent- they speak I think it's, uh, Central America. I think it's labeled as, I, yeah, I really, I really just don't think they give a shit mm-hmm. down there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, okay. I just, maybe the ones speaking Spanish don't, but what about the Russian ones? I don't think they'd True. give a shit either. What yeah, is they're like, we'll eat people? some blood. There are people starving in Africa, and they're killing people on top of their grain. Yeah, I'm pretty sure those up. starving people in Africa wouldn't give a shit if they were eating blood-soaked grain either. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. They yeah, cook it a little bit, and germs go away. I know what we do. We sell the bloody ice cubes from Psycho 3 to Africans who are starving. Mm. I mean, I was just going to say, have you ever heard That's anything about me. Africa? They got <laughs> enough diseases over there, man, to where they don't even have to worry about the shit from South America. The disease <laughs> right. in Africa will kick goddamn Central America's yeah. disease ass. They fucking sure, mainline malaria over there. For That's what time. I'm saying, dude. Yeah, we laugh at your disease. disease. <laughs> These are motherfuckers that goddamn snort gunpowder and <laughs> damn sleep with chicks that they know have AIDS and don't care whether they wear a rubber or not. That's what I'm talking about in Africa. Thanks. Fuck the Central America shit. Yeah. So anyway, uh, they all sneak into the camp and then they just all open fire after Honor Schwarzenegger finds a old busted truck that's not being used as a truck that has perfect alignment and runs it into uh, where people are eating grain, most likely. 
What? <laughs> I like this. I like the where he thought about the damn uh, the truck going down the thing because at first they wouldn't they wouldn't they wouldn't have turned around to look and see if somebody knocked it over. It'd be one of the things where they just thought it was an accident. And I thought that was pretty cool. Sure, he's definitely clever. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you get to see his thinking face a lot in this movie, mm-hmm. where he just like <laughs> looks directly into the camera. With sure, his sure. eyes all the way to the side. Yeah, and he's not very one-linery in this movie. There's there's a couple here and there, but I mean there's uh, no. there's quotable lines, but there's not there's yeah. repeated one-liners like the <sighs> the Running Man era and stuff that we get later from him. Speaking of shitty one-liners, I don't care how good you are, you don't drop a shitty knock-knock joke right before you shoot people. You're supposed to be sneaking up on them. Okay. No, the sneaky part was already done. No, it was. You literally announced yourself, <laughs> gave them time to turn around and look at you before you shot. You were just either showing off at that point, or you want to tell half-done jokes because you didn't even finish the joke. You were just like, <laughs> guess who? That's it. Didn't even finish it. Yeah, he didn't want to shoot him in the back, I guess. He Why would he give a shit? He 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 <laughs> he ran a exploding truck into them without while they were sitting down eating. Yeah, yeah. Who gives a shit? I, I think what's they funny should... about this whole part too is that they just seem to have unlimited grenade launcher, rocket launcher type things that just just way overpower this place, and they blow up every single building except the one that they needed to go into that they were going to get the information from. Yeah, they're supposed <laughs> to rescue a hostage, but they're sh- just shooting willy-nilly. And <laughs> yeah, Jesse, the fucking body Ventura, is holding a gun up that uh, you uh, no, Those are the type of guns that get put on fucking stands. Yeah, that's a because, mounted gun. <laughs> yeah, that's a mounted gun. And yeah, but with how many mountain. bullets that thing's shooting... The weight he would have to carry? No, get the fuck out of here. I'm going to send that into Hollywood Weapons and see if that damn put that on the show. Call Mythbusters. We need Mythbusters. No, 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 no. Hollywood right. Weapons is like the Mythbusters for, for, for shit like that in movies. Oh, so, nice. like, uh, so, like, uh, they did this one where uh, the guy got up. Like, we've all seen Die Hard. And you know the scene in Die Hard where he gets up underneath the table and he shoots the dude through the table who's standing on the table? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. They recreated that on Hollywood Weapons to see if it would actually work, and turns out it actually would. And they also did the one where damn uh, Bruce Willis is hanging outside of the building, and he fucking swings his body back and then shoots the glass and busts through the glass. They did that one on that show too. Did that work? That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It actually did. It didn't work that as makes sense. well. It didn't work as well as it did in the movie because it's got that fucking film over it to keep the glass from busting like that. So, but the guy did make it through the glass. Let me ask this. Because, obviously, I know how Jerry feels. But do you guys expect realism in your action movies? Because I don't. I don't expect anything. No, I, I don't I either. I expect it to work within the confines of the movie. So if the movie shows me this guy can hold this gun, I don't say, yeah, he wouldn't be able to do that in real life. I think there's there's a line where, at least when it comes to the tactical stuff, like the gun play and the, and the fighting and stuff, where you want to see some realism... When it gets to the point of, <clears throat> excuse me, like later movies in Commando when he just holds a machine gun and he just waves it back and forth nilly-willy and it 
all the bad guys just do backflips because he shot them. Well, this, then it's like, okay, well, that's this, that's this scene that we're talking about right now, too. Yeah, this one is not even as bad as, as it gets later in them, I think, where it, it really gets off the hook. But, um, yeah, to, to some degree, yes, but not super realism either. You want some of that that deniability of, of reality where you're like, well, it's, of course, he's the super soldier, so he's going to know how to do this, and he's going to have all the right answers and, you know, kind of the Indiana Jones theory where he just knows what to do all the time. All right, Kenneth, what about, what about you? I think it depends on the film. Like, like during the eighties movies that came out in the eighties and the early nineties, more than likely most of the time. No, I wasn't really looking for, for realism. I mean, it's just like some of them out there are absolutely ridiculous. You know that they're absolutely ridiculous going in. Then you got other ones that are, that have central focus on a hero and you know, that hero is going to be able to damn splatter everybody that he gets shooting at. And then not, not one motherfucker other than that hero has aim worth a shit like Rambo. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Rambo can hit everybody with one fucking bullet, and everybody else is goddamn spraying machine guns at him, and nobody hits him. And if he does get hit, he gets hit by fucking shrapnel or something. Right. You know? Like like stormtroopers. Right, exactly. You know, exactly. And so, movies like that, no. But as we progressed through action movies into the new millennium, there's a lot more realism that's added into some of these action movies. Now, I'm not talking about like Transporter or Fast and Furious or something like that. But like uh, Jason Bourne, you know, there th- the technical side of the choreography for the fight scenes and that is really based off of real fighting that they teach some of these black ops types guys in this stuff. And so the combination of the two, there really is realism there. And so, so I-, I think it's kind of I think I think going into the movie, I think it depends on the tone of the movie, whether I'm looking for realism or not. That's mm-hmm. fair. I really like Jason Bourne. I don't like the choppy editing. I'm a I really hate choppy editing, and that actually brings me back to Predator because in this scene there's a lot of choppy editing. Oh, I don't. Somebody get to will stand in front of the camera. Okay, fuck me then. What? I don't get to answer the question. I <laughs> just hate action in general, so. <laughs> I know, but yep. I should, but I, I do have a uh, okay. A, an opinion let's let's on hear this. your answer. I didn't mean to skip over you. I'm sorry. I feel neglected, Jay. Ever since I got diabetes, <laughs> you treat me differently. That's right. You're like Scott Melkinson on South Park. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so in any movie, regardless of genre, I completely base it on the movie. If the movie is based in the correct time on planet Earth, I expect it to follow the physics of that. I expect it to follow sure. the science of that. Uh, now, if you now that's for the humans on Earth. The Predator, I don't know what kind of alien technology he has. He can do whatever the fuck he wants to. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, the neon green was his cum. And he just <laughs> w- fucking just started jacking off in the middle of the fight. But when it <laughs> comes to action that. movies, they a lot of times do get away with just completely throwing it out the fucking window. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when it comes to physics. And that is, that is something I do have a problem with. If, if you now, if you're set in the future, if you're set in some sci-fi thing, or you know, like um, some of Arnold Schwarzenegger's future movies, he's gonna do are super sci-fi, and it's like, okay, yeah, you you can do whatever you want at that point if you're you're setting up. But this is set up in real world, um, uh, fucking Earth. Sure, sure. Yeah, so I agree. Four, that- 
there is a lot of unbelievability as far as their yeah. their their abilities of what they are able to do. Dude gets an arm shot off. Mm-hmm. And the gun keeps firing, even though you can clearly see his trigger finger is not on the trigger. I had a real. <laughs> I'm gonna be. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. That was one of the things that I was gonna bring up later. I was really. I'd never paid attention to it until I watched it for the show, and I was really <laughs> upset about that. So I mean, I've I noticed really that before. That. Also, right. uh, dude loses an arm from the same weapon that just singes Arnold. Yeah, his Jesse Ventura gets his fucking chest blown the fuck open. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and Arnold just takes like this tiny scratch. Yeah, that that one scene he gets shot right in the front of his shoulder and he's all bloody, and then the next scene he's running through the forest and he's not even bloody at all. No, nope, he like, has a tiny little scratch. Damn, damn, he must be like Wolverine or something. Yeah. <laughs> so uh we find out that that Dylan has set them up with a false story to stop mm-hmm. an invasion. But but Dutch don't give a shit because he doesn't do this kind of bullshit work and he probably just doesn't believe him. Um, also, Shane Black, your pussy jokes are not funny. Please stop. Uh, just let me chuckle. Just please stop. <laughs> uh, no. Wait, but you got to look at the. All right, that's one of those things where I hate. I have to break it down to the time period. You know, shit like that was a lot funnier then than the the fucking. You you look at the from the time period that that movie uh, that that movie came out to the evolution of fucking absolutely gratuitous vulgar humor that we have now. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, a, 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 a five minute skit from a comedian makes those jokes look like they fucking came out of a three year old. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Versus at the time. So and what's worse I, is the jokes. They apparently liked the jokes so much that they continued it into Predator 2 with another guy who makes similar fucking long-winded jokes that no one wants to hear. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I can't remember which character, but I want to say, is that the Bill Paxton character that does it? In yes. That one? He's okay. constantly telling people jokes and no one cares. Just like <laughs> uh, Shane Black in this one. Sure, sure. Um, and w- where did Shane Black get glasses that are that big? Like, I know 80s. that it was the 80s, but Jesus. <laughs> Fair no, enough. they those were handing were them huge. out. I was born in 84, and I still have a pair of those. Like, you literally get them as you leave the ER, whether you That's need amazing. them or not. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, Hopper gets fucked up. And I will say the pan-up shot to reveal Hopper's body was really good. Mm-hmm. Super good. Um, But then right after that, Sergeant Slaughter catches a plasma shot to the chest. <laughs> He's fucking dead. Uh, and then the super cool dark dude starts laying down fire as the rest join him and just annihilating everything. They just shoot fucking everything everywhere. Oh, you're so, oh, I was sitting there and I was still thinking about it. You said Hopper. And I was just like, oh, he's talking about Hawkins. Oh, Is yeah. yeah. Hawkins? Yeah, it's Hawkins. Hawkins uh-huh. was the one. He was the first one to get killed after the battle. Okay, yeah. I don't know why I have Hopper, but... Hopper was the guy that they knew that was there before that went missing, right. that they found oh, his dog okay. tags. Okay, uh, so they shoot everything. Now, I don't blame them for shooting everything. Uh, some people said I was going to say that this <laughs> scene is pointless. Uh, it was a little bit stupid, I think, but... But, at the same time, they mentioned earlier that they're surrounded by gorillas that we never see, by the way. There's not a black one. There's not a silverback. None of them. <laughs> I'm over here all excited like, oh, shit, it's about to turn into a prequel to Congo. Never fucking happens. <laughs> uh, but so they start shooting everywhere because they think maybe it's the gorillas. 
they have no idea where it is. So I don't think this scene is pointless. I get the scene. I'm okay yeah, so with it. But the thing about it is, is I've got, you know, when, when I, I can't remember dude's name, but when he picks up the minigun and he just starts blasting through there, I think his is strictly based on fear because he saw right. what he saw. He didn't, because I imagine if it had been something where he'd have saw something that looked like a man, he would have went back to his training and conserved his ammo, things like that. But I mean, at this point, this dude was so wigged out about what he saw. He, his buddy just died and he was so wigged out about what he saw that I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't even give you a count of how many rounds that he went through. Yeah. Sure. That makes, that, that makes sense with how, like how he acts for the rest of the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's all fucked up for the rest of it. And I mean, so, you know, uh, I kind of agree with you. I mean, the, That scene completely has purpose to me because it shows that guy's vulnerability and then it also shows, you know, the the vulnerability and the fear that's creeping up on the other people. I mean, Hawkins is dead. Their buddy's dead. Right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, they're just starting to get fu- fucking wigged out. They're like, okay, we're the best of the best and we're getting our asses handed to us by somebody. Yeah. So sure. now yeah. we actually move into my favorite part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, between The Home Alone segment? <laughs> no, between now and that Home Alone segment is my favorite part of the movie. Uh, this is where the mystery of the movie really starts really affecting the atmosphere. Them not know what's going on. You've got uh, the super cool, tall black dude, like, dead set on getting revenge. You've got the Native American guy, like, uh, his death kind of sucks because we don't get to see it. It's all this yeah, build yeah. up for nothing. So fuck them for that. Um, I will say... In a, well, kind of on topic. In Predators, the no, third eh, one, eh, 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 eh. I haven't seen it. Can't talk about. Oh, okay. it. Nope. I plan really? on you watching. You hadn't seen Predators? I have not. No, the one with a uh, fucking uh, Adrian, Adrian Brody. Brody. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I own it. I've never watched it, and I uh, do. I plan on watching it soon. You yeah, should watch it, out, bro. Because um, I think actually, I really think you'll actually enjoy that one because it starts with atmosphere. Yeah. So yeah, at this point that's the probably movie, my favorite. Uh, we'll see if it beats it's Predator, Predator Two. It's Predator for me the, in the lineup, you know, because I'm not even gonna count AVP. I mean, I enjoyed the first AVP, but I'm not even gonna count those, and I haven't seen the new one. I would probably have to say Predators is my favorite, then the then the original, and then Part Two. Okay. Nice. Um. Uh. So at this point in the movie, it starts coming off way more serious, and mm-hmm. and all the action moves are so deliberate. Sure. And, well, and this is where you get the, the transition of where it goes from this military procedural to now it becomes a horror movie, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, they're being stalked by a monster that they don't know. Slasher-esque things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the killing of Mac. Oh, man, that headshot was so good with the Predator just landing on top of the fucking wood <laughs> and just killing super cool black dude. Oh, my right. God, that was good. Um, yeah, when they had that whole camp scene where they set the traps and then they they think that the predator comes, but it's like a wild boar that he flips out. Mm-hmm. But then while they're doing that, the boar actually steals the body and takes it away. And then they, they go to check on the girl and she's just cowering and they're like, why don't you try and run away? And she's like, she's so scared that she would rather stay here with us and be a prisoner than run away. <laughs> and then I all of a sudden cool. learns fucking English. Yeah. And sees green alien goop and is like oh shit let me stick my hand in this not even africans would have done that 
It's amazing mm-hmm. what fear will do to you, man. It'll fucking teach you English in seconds. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, she was the only one that saw it after the big forest mow down thing when they they shot the forest and they hit them and they walked through and she was the only one that actually saw it that time and then she saw it a second time and was like, hey, I think this is something. Yeah. Yeah, figuring out everything little by little and I actually really do enjoy that how they start putting it all together. Even though they're making leaps and bounds, they're like, we found green goop we don't know it's obviously blood and i'm like how do you know that's fucking blood (laughs) right that could literally it could be semen it could be spit it could be fucking liquid that powers his fucking gun you have no idea yeah radioactive fuel that scene where he's where the predator is fixing the wound in his leg that was pretty fucking good man i really like that because it kind of i don't want to say humanized but it showed that the predator could be hurt. It showed that there there is a chance. It showed that it has to take care of itself just as well. That I, I was a big fan of that scene. I'm glad yeah. you brought that. If it that bleeds, up. we can kill it. And I think that's the first time they actually show the monster full on in the movie, which is not even till like an hour in. Yeah. Everything um, else is just glimpses or or that weird kind of not good looking effect now. Oh, uh, yeah, the the invisibility <laughs> quote unquote. It was cool at the time, but it doesn't look so great now. No, it does not. <laughs> So it really doesn't. Uh, so Apollo <laughs> I still Creed, dig it. Fuck y'all. Apollo <laughs> Creed gets his arm blown off. Uh, we talked about the the shitty gun scene there. Mm-hmm. Well, he definitely won't get another round with Rocky after that. <laughs> no. Wow. Uh, no, he won't even get another round with Drago. <laughs> um, okay. Now I've the end of the movie. Now we get into the last part of the movie. Um. Arnold Schwarzenegger gets chased by the Predator, and he jumps in the water, and he comes out of the water. He's covered wait, in Wait, 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 wait. What? All right, I got to talk about something first. That scene, right after they do all the traps and everything, and that big-ass fucking log hits that dude in the chest. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, man. I sat there, and I watched that scene a couple of times, and I was like, Jesus, that would fucking hurt. I mean, <laughs> you know every goddamn rib on that dude was broke. <laughs> and he's still trying to get away. That's how scared you know that dude was. Because I, I was just sitting there thinking about it. I was like, holy fuck, man. You know that shit hurts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so, the third the mud, the part of this movie gets really fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> really fucking stupid. Let's no. talk about how mud works. Um and how okay. uh that would not have worked no at fucking all because uh, no, no. either that mud is colder than you or warmer than you uh either way your eyes are still not covered you could see your fucking eyeballs because they give off heat um mm. he would still see this weird human like fucking thing covered just sitting at a tree there's still all right. That, this is actually something I want to get theories on. I, like later on, we know that that the, we learn that the predator is based off of heat sense, but not in this movie. It doesn't ever say that his his vision is. And then when you see, when you look at it naturally, you automatically assume that that's what it is. But there are things about it, man, that I'm just like, I, I, there's got to be more to his vision. And the reason why I say that is because he is in a hot ass fucking jungle. And the only thing that he can goddamn see is the heat coming off of the, uh, coming off the humans. 
I mean, think 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 the whole jungle would be like a hundred degrees, right? Right, and then think about. I mean, you and we and if you if any of y'all ever look through actual heat seeking or heat vision type scopes or things like that, when you look through them, man, and you look in a room that's seventy degrees, that room is not blue. Hmm. The whole goddamn room is lit up. All right, Hmm. and then on top of that, inside of a jungle, you've got. I couldn't even name all the fucking animals that live in a jungle. You'd be seeing goddamn orange blips and shit all over the fucking place. Okay. So, so I'm like, so, and I know that I'm reading too far into this and I get it, but at the same time, it it, it could be one of those things. that's a negative towards the movie because it's like, they never really explain. I'm so glad you brought this up. I wanted to point, I wanted to talk about this. I I wasn't going as far as you were going, (laughs) but uh, the entire predator vision thing is fucking stupid. Uh, it looks terrible. Yeah, it does look like it shit. It does no. not add anything to the movie. Uh, at <laughs> no point was I like, oh man, look at the Predator view. No, it looks fucking awful. And it looks even worse when he takes his fucking helmet off. Those motherfuckers are blind. I, I, I completely I agree with you. Which they shouldn't be, because the right. entire movie, he's jumping around from tree to tree. You've got to be able to see where the fuck you're going to do that. And right. if everything is just a blue blob... I don't think that's how he sees. That doesn't... And even in the second one, they're like, oh, yeah, we learned that they see off a of heat vision, and then the Predator turns on a different sight. It's like, why are they underpowering the soldier in the first one and giving the second one better technology? Right. Well, here's the thing. He may just only be using... Like, okay, so he's there to hunt, and we don't know what the rules of the hunt are, so he may only be able to... They could have been like, you're only allowed to use this uh, Snapchat filter on your vision... Right. And uh, the plasma gun and your claws on your hands, that's it. Uh, you're also not allowed to trim your nails. Have to grow up as much as possible, mm-hmm. uh, which is very inconvenient when you're trying to clean skulls, by the way. That's right. They're uh, totally in the way. So, But when he snatches the spine out with the skulls that attached to it, I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that it was awesome. Uh, it's better in part two, but whatever. Um, right. But yeah, man, I mean, it's just... I don't know. That was one of those things that I had to bring up because I'm just like, I, I'm I'm with you. The more that the more that I looked at it, I was just like, damn man. And you can't see a fucking thing when he takes his damn helmet. Sure, off. sure. Yeah. I I will say from a nostalgia point of view that I remember being a kid watching it and thinking that it was cool just because it did that like that sound effect when it switches. Yeah. And it it just makes it seem more tense where you're like, "Oh shit, the predator sees them." And you're like, it's it's more about the moment, I think, and and what's happening than what it actually looks like. But now seeing it through through more refined adult eyes, I'm like, this does not add anything. They use it way too much. Yeah. Right. It's it's a really really bad issue with the movie. Um Yeah, cuz I've looked through I've looked through a heat scope on a rifle at a gun convention mm-hmm. and it doesn't look anything like that. It actually looks a whole lot more badass than that. Um, yeah, it was just terrible filters. I don't know what the fuck they were doing. Um, and then we get into, uh, I've already talked about how the mud thing's stupid and does not fucking work. <laughs> um, no, it just makes them look cool. I, th- I think <sighs> it doesn't work so much that Arnold has to look at the camera and be like, oh, he can't see me. <laughs> Uh, he figures out that it's heat vision from that point. I don't think they clearly state that, but I think it's safe to assume that in his profession, he figures it, he figures it out right. that the he, mud is cloaking him. Yeah, it blocks it somehow. Whether it's that they sense some sort of well, cell structure or biology or something, but 
now that I've sold him as being super smart, guess what this fucking idiot does? He builds a fire. <laughs> I thought he did that on purpose to attract the predator. No, no, no. When he's, he does build a fire to attract the predator, but he literally builds a fire to build his arsenal and set his traps. Mm. Which the predator could have found at any point easily. You're talking about the little fire. Yes, that little fire. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I have a problem with that because I'm just like, you literally yeah. just figured out. Then you're like, I'm going to put more mud on me in front of a fucking fire. Like, that's not going to make you look even hotter. Yeah. Um, Literally, like, also sexually hotter. Yes. I sexy, dirty boy. was oddly attractive (laughs) to the situation. I don't know why. Uh, (laughs) It's all crispy and shit. Don't worry, it's natural. (laughs) Let me go, uh, Kenneth. You're you're the closest thing to an expert on bow and arrows (laughs) that we have here. Mm -hmm. I am a master archer. Uh, I don't believe that, but Kenneth actually does own bows. I have an arrow he made here, actually. Um, and he, he does shoot bow and arrows. Do you honestly believe that that arrow he made out of a fucking twig would have shot and stuck into that tree? First off, I don't know exactly what he made it out of, but the, the, I mean, what going, other options would going he have? From the, going from the diameter of, of what he used, that, that fucking arrow was probably about as big around as my bird finger. And so do I think that it would, if it were done right, do I think it had enough power to do it at that close of a range? Probably. Because the thing that he uses to make that bow out of, in real life, only somebody as big as Schwarzenegger that knew what he was doing would be able to pull that fucking thing back. Because, damn, it looked like from from the way that he made it, that thing has got to have at least 150 pounds of pull on it. That's that's damn near as much as they used for English war bows back in the day. It is gigantic. I mean, it, makes. yeah, it was insane <laughs> how big that that. So if you've got a uh, 150 pounds, 150 to 200 pounds of uh, uh, draw weight on that bow, yeah, it's it's entirely possible to get an arrow to go through a tree that's about six to seven inches in diameter. Absolutely. But given but, the fact that what he most likely made that arrow out of being, you know, sharpening a twig or a... Well, wolf. he didn't sharp... He, I, if you look at it close, what he made the arrowheads out of, it wasn't just the end of the twig. He made it out of some form of metal. You got to look at it close. But oh, he does. okay. The, the arrowhead is made out of some kind of metal. And I, can, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it was made out of, but he, he made it out of metal. If you pause it and look at it, it's made out of metal. It's okay. not just the tip of it sh- sharpened up. Now, like, I know uh, this guy that I, uh, that I went and saw at a, at a, uh, a primitive arts festival. He, he would basically what he'd do is he'd take a piece of river cane. And uh, you've seen the one that I got that's actually got a, uh, a uh, flint-napped arrowhead on it. But the yeah. way, other way he would do it is he would take a knife and he would cut the tip of the river cane at an angle. And when he cut it at the angle, it basically fucking pulled it all the way down to a fine point. And I saw him shoot that. It wouldn't go through a tree, obviously, but I saw him shoot that. And it went through something that was pretty close to the, uh, the consistency of the human body. And the arrow went right through it. And that was only that was only with about I don't know 
I think he only had about 50, 55 pounds of, of uh, draw weight on the bow that he shot through, shot that piece of river cane that he just sharpened the tip of through it. Well, damn. Uh, okay, then. I, I will take your word on the arrow thing because you know more about arrows than I do, and I'll give that a pass. Because uh, right. at first I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if he'd, have been at, if he'd have been at like, if he'd have been at like 50 yards, then I'd have been like, yeah, probably not. But he looked like he was probably at maybe 10 or 15 yards, man. And and like I said, with a bow that's at, uh, got 150 pounds of draw weight or something like that, it's going to be shooting that fucking arrow so goddamn fast with so much power that it probably would. You know what I don't I don't get? If the Predator uses heat vision, why would your main weapon be a thing that causes giant fucking explosions filled with heat? Like, uh, so, so we're in this final battle with Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Predator, and mm-hmm. Schwarzenegger's in his fake mud-hiding skills. Um, right. And the Predator is just shooting like crazy because he can't figure out where he is. And I'm like, isn't this just making your vision worse? <laughs> yeah, right. It's counterintuitive. Yeah, I just don't I, – I didn't really understand that. Uh, but then it's, it's time to fucking fight it out. No more guns. None of this bullshit. It right. is fucking – uh, take off the mask, even though you could have literally just killed him. You walk yeah. away and take off your fucking mask. <laughs> put up the Dukes. Yeah, I think that's the, the point. I mean, that that's the point. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like at this point, it's the Predator being like, okay, you put up a goddamn, you put up a good fight. You know, we, we're fixing to fucking settle this shit. We're going to go at it hand to hand. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you completely. Plus, they uh, want to show off the cool face. So Yeah, yeah and it looks fucking amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh it works way better than a a Bond villain explaining the entire plot to him. <laughs> right before, while Bond escapes. Yes. Absolutely. Um is it weird that I love like Sean Connery James Bond movies and Michael and uh fucking Daniel Craig James Bond movies? Oh. No. Daniel Craig makes sense cuz that's super realistic, but it doesn't make sense to me that you like the old James Bond movies. Oh, it's because the old James Bond movies movies are more of an adventure movie with yeah. gadgets and shit like that than it is the fucking hour over the top action movies. But yeah, that like submarine cars and shit, that doesn't bother you the same way a uh, guy holding a giant machine gun does? No, because Q is a genius and he invented it. Okay? Jesse the Body Ventura didn't invent something that would power that gun because most guns like that have to have like extra power to them. And he's not fucking going to be able to stand holding 900 pounds of fucking bullets (laughs) and deal with all that recoil. I don't give a fuck if you were the governor of Minnesota. There's no (laughs) fucking way you're doing that. Right. It's, it's 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 really unre- unrealistic. I, I'll give you that. It's it's more realistic for the Terminator to do it in Terminator Two. Yeah. Yeah, I can believe that he's fucking machine. I can right. get that. He's got a USB power plugged into it. And everything. <laughs> right. He's um, got a lot of lot of RAM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, oh, how do y'all feel about this final showdown? Like Jay, how do you feel about this final showdown between Predator and Dutch? Uh, the only part I really don't like is the stupid emulating the laugh. I oh that God! Was 
terrible. Yes, that is. I so I they, they've done it in almost all the movies where they imitate human sound. I always mm. assumed it was the mask. Him laughing like a human with the mask off is the stupidest fucking thing. I just that really it takes me out of the moment completely. And I love stupid action movies. So besides that, it was okay. The actual like showdown was entertaining enough. All right, Paul, what did you think of of this battle royale at the end? Sure. So like going from the fight into him him baiting him into the traps that he set. I I always love that part, but again, this is one of very few nostalgia movies that I hold kind of dear to me. So I always remember kind of hitting that point of the movie and being like, "All right, this is this is where he's gonna he's gonna take over and he's gonna trick him, but then he's not gonna trick him." But like, you know what I mean? I I always was was kind of just awestruck with the way that he comes back and actually wins. I mean, looking at it now. There's obviously a whole lot of conveniences that go his way to, in order for that shit to happen, but it's just sort of the action movie magic that needs to happen to make things go their way. So I personally love it, but I'm not too in love with it to not see the kind of cracks in the in the surface. So all right, Kenneth, I really I, I enjoyed the the end showdown i mean like i said earlier the fucking when he takes his helmet off and you see what his face looks like mm. I, I mean that was just fucking i'm sorry the 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 first time that you see what a predator looks like underneath the mask is like a fucking to me a hallmark in in damn sci-fi horror history because mm-hmm. i mean that it, it was just superb and then you know uh the fight between the two of them themselves like when you see the part where the 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 predator realizes that he's going in a trap and he starts walking around and fucking touch is just like oh fuck and then he he, <laughs> he he realizes that he's got his little thing right there that he could do and whatever i just loved it i thought it was great i agree with y'all on the laugh part of it i think that was kind of stupid but the the rest of it i thought it was good the only thing that i really I can't I'm I'm torn between whether the predator was a sore loser or he was just covering his tracks so nobody knew who he was. Sure. Uh, when he blew himself up. I'm 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 just like, you know, okay. I, I can so understand. So I think I don't think it was a sore loser. I think it was he knew he was beat and he was going to try and take his opponent with him cuz we see it before. Sure. And it could also have to do with covering the tracks cuz Yeah, that's uh, what I Am I allowed to talk about Alien versus Predator Part 2? Yeah, yes, I've seen that okay. one. So we see that uh, in the Predator world that they will try and erase knowledge of themselves because he comes to Earth and starts like burning all the evidence. Oh, right. Uh, Not that that has any bearing on this movie since it didn't exist at the time, but within, sure, the, sure. within the society of Predators, <laughs> Some it is com, a thing that they do. Com action. Right. But otherwise, I, otherwise, I really enjoyed it. I... I, I I enjoyed the movie all the way around. So I, I think the ending's okay. Um, I just don't really get into the trap. I, I I kind of felt when he when the predator realized he was walking to a trap, so he walked to the side of it, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger like was like, "Oh, but I got this one over here." I almost felt like that first time I watched Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, and they reveal Roy's the killer, and you're like. Who the fuck is Roy? 
<laughs> like I felt the same way where I was like, where the fuck did this trap come from? And I'm sure it's set up. And I'm sure if I go back and rewatch it, I'll see that trap set up. Yeah. But see, yeah. that's the thing about it. It's not that part that fell on him is not the main part of the trap. Okay. That's the weight system. That's supposed to pull where if the predator had actually went underneath the thing with the spikes, it would have, it would have, it would have pulled it to where those damn spikes would have got hung up in him. Oh, okay. That, so yeah, when that he walked, yeah. So when he walked to the other side, he he realized that the weight system was on there, and he was just like, "Oh, okay." Because if I'm not mistaken, the 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 vines that were on the ground, mm-hmm. what they would have done when the predator crawled through, and he would have hit that thing, the fucking vines would have pulled him up onto the spikes. Oh, right, right. And that was the way that was supposed to work. And then the log was the weight system that was supposed to be able to pull him up on the spikes. But mm-hmm. then he realized that the spikes were there. So fucking Schwarzenegger, when he looked up, he noticed it. And he was like, oh, okay, well, I'm fucking just fixing to drop this goddamn log on top of him. Hope for the best. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Um, but I, 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 do like that, I do like that he killed him and defeated him using all primitive weaponry, though. I think that that was cool that he had to kind of strip it down to the bare essentials in order to, to beat this, you know, future technology. Yeah. And so that I, was something that worked in his favor because it, there was something earlier when they did the first, um, the first time around with the traps, um, he could see that they, they made a comment that the predator could see the tripwires when they, uh, when, when the boar went in, he had made the comment that the predator had seen the tripwires. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was the main reason why Schwarzenegger did the second time around when the, uh, when the uh, net that they made out of vines and shit picked the predator up and he freaked out and fucking started shooting everywhere. You know, uh, that was the reason why he did all that shit in vines. And he specifically made the outside stuff to funnel the predator into that area out of normal tripwires and stuff like that from their military kits. So the only place that didn't have a tripwire that he could see was actually uh, funneled him inside that clearing that where Schwarzenegger used himself as bait. So he really didn't have a choice but to use primitive because if he'd have used anything at this point, he really didn't have anything to use that wasn't primitive. But if he had and he would have used anything primitive, if for some reason, I don't know what it was without the helmet or whatever, but the predator could see it. Nice. So I was a little disappointed that there was that I wanted to see them like physically fight each other. I was like, oh, hell yeah, let's spear it up or get some, like, punches going on. And there's really not. Um, yeah, he kinda, backhands him. <laughs> he just kind of ragdolls him. And then that was yeah. it. Yeah, it just, I I was kind of disappointed by the ending. I was kind of like, eh, okay, whatever. Um, now, I will say this. I enjoyed this movie a lot more now than I used to. I've come up on it. Uh, there are a lot of parts I really do enjoy, especially that middle part of the movie. Um, but I still think there's a lot of really stupid shit in it, and I think the ending is kind of disappointing. Okay. Um, but I am higher on it than I used to be. I would give this movie a passing grade, for sure. Huh. Good to know. Do you think, uh, I'm curious, I guess, for everybody... If they didn't rescue him at the end of the movie and whether, I don't know, he just stayed there and bled out or they panned out and you don't know what happened, or they, you know, they, they did a the thing type ending to it. Do you think that would have been better or worse? I, 
I think it's the same because we still don't know anything after. Like, like uh, what? <clears throat> like he tells that fucking girl to go to the chop, go to the American government chopper that you've been a domestic terrorist <laughs> against. Go to there. Yeah, no, I it's fucking stupid. Uh, I, so I think. I think both endings are, would be fucking dumb. Even if if he had just stayed there and died, without us knowing. Um, but I guess this way, at least we have the happy ending. Human overcame and sure. beat the alien kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think um, the way they do it in two is way better. Cause agreed. If you were to just if you transplant that ending to one, you get the information that a it's not like a. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? An isolated thing. These, mm-hmm. the, you, you learn that there's a whole race of these creatures. You learn that they've been hunting forever. You learn that they've done this to humans and other species in the mm-hmm. past. Like All of that information is way more than just he blows up and Arnold gets away. I or he blows that, up and Arnold dies. That was the biggest thing that I liked about part two was seeing inside the ship and getting some of the history. That was one of the, you know, like I said, I'm not saying that part two was a bad movie. It was just to me, other than that aspect of it, I didn't like it as much as the others. But that part of it, when you see, uh, it's Danny Glover's in that, right? Yes. Yeah, when you see Danny Glover. Yeah, (laughs) when you see him go into the ship and he's, you know, kind of learning the history about how they've been doing this over, you know, uh, thousands of years with humans, and and you can see, like, different weapons from different eras in history and stuff like that. I thought that was really cool. That was a real cool aspect of it. Sure. But, uh, you know, it, it definitely gave it, uh, gave it what the first one was lacking, so I agree with y'all on that. But then again, like, I, 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 I'm glad that they didn't, really go into that much history on it in the first one because that the the lack of history in it kind of set us up for you know what we have of predator today and uh you know uh uh paul and jerry uh, paul and jay y'all haven't been to my house but jerry has and i've got damn predator busts sitting in in my shelves in there next to where the alien stuff is so that's cool i'll be curious to see what you think about the newest one i'm a i'm a huge predator fan so uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, I kind of like the fact that we didn't get all of it because it birthed the rest of the series. Very cool. All right. Well, does does anyone have anything else to say about Predator before we move on? Uh, no, I think your assessment was actually very fair. Yeah, I, I think um, I kind of explained that I have more of a nostalgic love for this, and I do rate this movie very high. Primarily, I just rate my enjoyments kind of on a enjoyment level more than anything else. So, to me, it's something that makes me feel good to rewatch it. So, I understand people aren't as high as I am on it, but I hold this in a little bit of a high esteem to myself. So, all right then, we are moving on to Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I I would do yes. a walkthrough of this movie, um, but it would just me repeating a few things and the movie would be done because um yep the storyline is barely there uh, but it's good it, no it's not <laughs> it is not good okay uh, guys, here's your one fucking of my favorite story. movies of all time and here's... is in my top 10 favorite movies of all time just so all of our listeners you, know this matrix is your favorite movie and that movie's fucking garbage yeah i said one of <laughs> And I said in my top ten, Matrix is number one always. Everything else rotates depending on the day. 
Okay, uh, so <laughs> in this movie, we have cocky young uh, Scientologist Tom Cruise. Uh, <laughs> Was he a Scientologist then? I don't think so. No, Does anybody so. know? Because I, because I, I, I think, I think you can see the shift in in how good he is in his movies. Because I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit what Jerry says. He was good in this movie, and he was good oh in all the right God. moves and cocktail and all them. I think you can see a shift in his movies where he gets balls deep into Scientology. I think he's always good in his movies, but not all of his movies are good. I'm not saying they suck. Sure, sure. I'm just saying you can see the shift. That's fair. He acts like Chief Woodenhead in fucking Creep Show Two. It is his fucking He's in uh, Creep Show Arnold too? Schwarzenegger is <laughs> literally about to make a fucking bow and arrow out of him. He is so wooden. What? <laughs> his acting is fucking awful in this no, movie. No, 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 no. You don't you don't have to like the dialogue or the plot, but his acting is great in this movie. Really? You yes. think his act uh, his fucking acting in this movie is good. He has one good acting scene in this movie filled with a shit ton of other cringy acting in this movie. I disagree. He, yeah, the I don't only, think he's too bad, but Val Kilmer is definitely bad. Uh, the only good person in this entire movie is Goose. Um, sure. He is the Goose. only likable character. He. Uh, I'll agree with that. I didn't... He's the funniest. He's the best actor. Uh, and he, his death is a complete fucking waste in the movie, but we haven't gotten to there yet. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. So this movie is about, uh, Tom Cruise, uh, there's a whole lot of little things in this movie <laughs> that they don't bother making actually important. And when they try to make it important, they just completely drop it to maybe just mention it later. The entire story is so fucking loose. It, it makes it hard to actually give a shit about any of these characters. Oh, well, my dad died in, in as an airplane uh, jet pilot, and he fucking died mysteriously. They said he made a mistake. And we're going to bring this up a couple of times, but it never actually impacts the story. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> yes, it does. Oh, if you're going to give me that shit at the end where no, I knew your dad and this is... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the fact that that's the reason why Maverick is the way he is. I watched the movie earlier today and I was really, after the conversation that I had with you the other day, I was really paying attention to what was going on in the movie. Even while I was driving. You know, and I know we're not supposed to do that, but I was. And and <laughs> and the thing about it is, is damn, that's that, that, that whole thing right there is Maverick's character. He's spending his entire time trying to not only be better than the reputation that his father has, but try to be his own person on top of that. And you're going through the movie and you're sitting here and you're going back and forth of whether you hate the guy, whether you like the guy, he's fucking up, he's being a damn cock. And then he goes through something else and it fucking makes him look like a goddamn hero. And I think in my personal opinion, I think that was one of the geniuses of this movie is because you're going back and forth between whether you fucking hate and love the guy. I mean, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I mean, it's constant throughout the whole damn movie. And then on top of that, the the you can if you really pay attention to it, you can see the inner turmoil that's going on inside of him because a he doesn't really know what happened to his father. B he's got to live up to the reputation of of trying to be better than his dad's reputation. Okay, and all it, while the same time being young and trying to be the best in this fucking elite group of guys. If you want to see that storyline done well. Go watch Creed. 
because uh, I it's will, done properly. It is oh. done so shitty in this movie. I never feel like there's enough of a connection to fucking anything at all. Like every time they bring up his dad, it, it just almost feels like they net like it's it's uh we got to push it forward a little bit. Uh, he's up here. Like they try to make his dad his motivation, but it, it always just seems so generically done. Yeah, and see, I th- and see, I disagree with that too because I think it was done perfectly in this. And the reason why I say that is because at no point in time in this movie, other than when Goose dies, do I ever feel like I want to jerk off in my own fucking tears because of the sadness, the amount of sadness that he's in. I can see the turmoil, I can see the fucking battle that's going on inside of him, but at the same time, I'm not gonna goddamn want to jack off in my sadness because of fucking how bad how bad Maverick has got it emotionally, which I, is also another thing that I think is fantastic. I, I and see. I don't see that at all. I, like I, I completely don't, get it. He barely he, even acts emotional in this movie, except for like one scene. I mean, he barely acts in this movie to begin with, but <laughs> he, he barely acts emotionally in in this whole fucking movie. And it just feels like I it just nothing feels like it connects for me in this movie. Like even going to Goose's death, um, it feels like it comes out of nowhere. It does not have the impact I think it should have had. By the way, I will concede to you, you were right. I really paid attention to that as well, Goose's death. And there is never a point in time where Maverick actually admits that he thinks it was his fault, that he thinks what yeah. happened was his fault. There's never yeah. a moment, so I'll give that notice that too. No, he okay. No, no, no. You'd have to been in a conversation that Jerry and I. Okay, yeah. Let me explain this. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll explain it one second. So I say the one part that I think the movie does extremely well is Tom Cruise boxing up Goose's stuff. That is the one scene in this movie that I think is absolutely amazing. It is fucking fantastic. It is the only time where I actually feel like there is grief in maverick that is that there there's something to him and that's it that is the only fucking time in this movie i have it but yeah it so reminded the, me of when uh right after alan died and i went over to his house and i was in his room that's what it yeah, reminded me of. like that is done so well someone who whose best friend just died and they know they're never gonna have that friend again now mm-hmm. I do not think they do a good job of showing that Maverick feels it's his resp- that it's his fault. There there are there is a line where Tom Cruise says it was his responsibility. It's it's said with no emotion behind it. Um <laughs> and in the movie they do not explain how uh whose fault it is for goose dying two times in the movie they clearly state it is no one's fault in the court martial they state it is no one's fault then uh uh fucking uh the main chick whatever her name is i can't remember at this point charlie charlie Charlie, uh charlie chaplin reviewed everything and was like (laughs) i reviewed all of the data and i'm this brilliant uh, person when it comes to airplanes it's not your fault so therefore it's a freak accident but even when I talked to Kenneth he's like well no it's because uh, uh, it's it's 
it is his fault because he, he was, was flying uh, too dangerously close no, so right. that when I, Iceman... I still Iceman's fault. No, 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 no. Okay, I, I will wrong. clearly state it's not Iceman's fault. Because if, if it's anyone's fault, I agree with Kenneth that it was Maverick's fault for following too closely because Iceman's character follows the rules in safety to a T. Okay. That's the reason why he's got sure. name. So let me let me say this. The whole start of the engagement, Maverick calls lead. Iceman cuts him off. If Iceman had just let Maverick take the lead, it never would have happened. Uh, yes, uh, Maverick did fall too close, but he would have had no reason to fall too close had Iceman just accepted the fact that Maverick called so him first. It's, so sure. it's no longer Maverick's responsibility to fly safely under guidelines because he was cut off? He no longer has that responsibility. I mean, if we get if we that's really like start saying, getting real thick into this, I mean, it's going to be one of those things where it's just going to be a constant back and forth, and nobody can come up with a legit answer. I'm not, <laughs> no, I'm not that, being I, funny. I'm not being funny about that. I'm being dead serious I, because I, you, if you really start going into the details of what happened, you know, you've got Iceman doing something wrong, you've got Maverick doing something wrong, and when it really comes down to it, Maverick broke. I mean, Iceman broke right, and goddamn Maverick got stuck in his jet wash. That was yeah. just the, that's just what happened. It was a freak accident. That's the reason why I say I conceded Jerry. It was a freak accident, and I really don't think it was anybody's fault. It was just something that happened. I still lean towards it. If it's anyone's fault, it's Maverick's fault because he made the choice to follow too close. He right. let his ego get in the way. Right. Uh, which is one of the, the better uh, foreshadowing moments that they fucking completely goddamn drop and it could have been an epic moment where uh goose is like i just want to finish i just want to graduate and we can't be doing this flyby shit no more we got to calm down we got to calm down <laughs> and because maverick does not do that because maverick still decides to do whatever he wants however he wants he puts himself in a position to have that accident happen right by yeah. making the choice to follow too closely. And so, I mean, like I said, I mean, it's just, it's, and, and even if you don't look at it from that standpoint, because Jerry, you make a great point. Even if you don't look at it from that standpoint or whatever, I can see, uh, I can see it from Maverick's point of view because, you know, even if it wasn't his fault, damn, <laughs> like going back to when, when my buddy Alan died earlier this year, I was the one that convinced Alan to buy that Harley, the one that he's got. And that's what he died on. And I went for a good month and a half to two months after that, blaming myself for convincing him to buy that Harley. And so I can completely see, but that's more from a personal level. That's not from, you know, me saying that this was all, it was fantastic because it's for because of great writing or whatever else. No, that's just strictly from a personal level. I can understand, you know, what that I can understand what a person like that would be going through with himself, whether it was an accident or not, because hell, I wasn't riding with Alan that morning. I wasn't riding with him. I was at home asleep, you know, waiting to get up and go to work. So yeah. it's one of those things, but I still wanted to blame myself just because I was linked at it just on that level by convincing him to buy the Harley. Yeah. And I had no problem with, with Maverick <laughs> blaming himself. I think anyone in that position would blame himself. And obviously He's dealing with with that. But the problem I have with it is they instead of showing that he's blaming himself, 
they do a much better job of showing that he lost his best friend. But because they try to force that blame himself angle in there, it hurts just him losing his best friend. Uh, which, you know, except for that one scene, like I said, that's absolutely magical. Uh, I 100% believe Tom Cruise in that moment, uh, especially when he's like handing the box to Goose's wife and shit. Yeah. Um, so can we talk about some of the really cringy stuff in this movie? Sometimes. <laughs> uh, Let's see if I agree with you. Sure. You're dangerous. That's right. I <sighs> I'm dangerous. So I'd label that as cheesy, not really cringy. Oh my god, no, that was so fucking cringy. I love stuff like that. Oh, that was just there was a lot of like stupid shit like that, like the cliche line that Charlie gives him when she admits she's in love with him. She's like, "But I also saw that you were a genius, but I couldn't say it because." Everyone would have saw through me and knew that I had fallen in love with you. And I'm like, did y'all get that off a Hallmark card? Yeah, then they bang. <laughs> oh, and the worst sex scene ever. Way oh too much God. tongue. Not the enough. PG-13 sex scene. Yeah, that is too much tongue for PG-13. <laughs> too much tongue. <laughs> I will not allow it um, at yeah, all. Uh, also, this movie is nowhere near as gay as people say it is. Like, if your idea is gay is just because a bunch of guys are not wearing shirts, do you ever go to the beach? When you go to the <laughs> beach, do you just fucking flip out? Like, how, like... This beach is gay? Yeah, just show up. This beach is gay. Someone right. call fucking Pence. I need to put that on the Get shirt. him down here. <laughs> it's just, That's like... going on a tank top. This yeah, beach just... is gay. <laughs> The most vibes were between Iceman and his wingman. Uh, I forget the the wingman yes. of, of okay. ice. They they had the most sort of almost gay oh, yeah, vibes, there's like one arm scene, around each other like, and that type of stuff. Yeah, he looks at him and he goes, I'm hard. And the other one responds with, don't tease me. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that was kind of gay. But other than that, there's nothing that gay in this movie. No, no, I oh, it's gay because they're in towels. Oh, it's gay because they're playing volleyball. Oh, it's gay because... Uh, Tom Cruise's is in underwear talking to another man. I'm just like... It's gay because I think Val Kilmer's kind of pretty in this movie. Val Kilmer is really pretty in this movie. Yeah, and I can't say that if I was as close and him and Maverick were in some of those scenes that I probably wouldn't try to lick his nose or something. (laughs) Yeah, and this whole uh, Maverick and Ice being in love, I don't see anything in this movie that supports that. They barely barely have a rivalry. You shut your mouth. I, I'm if sorry. I want to think they want they can fuck each other on a regular basis, I can think that. Don't you, you can think work. that? After and the, the final engagement, they go back to their quarters and they're just like, "I'm sorry about Goose." And he's like, "It's okay." Right. So it's kind of like, like the end See of that? Lord of the Dave's Rings. Got the right idea. <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay. So <laughs> the rivalry, and I'm doing air quotes because you can't see it between them, barely fucking exists because once again, the story is so goddamn loose it feels like it's trying to do so many things at once and it just can't quite make them attach because their rivalry is in the movie barely there the Mm -hmm. shit with his father is in the movie barely there the love interest is in the movie uh that might be part of the, the the best thing they did like as for making it stick but no one gave a shit 
I was just going to say, if you <laughs> say barely shit. there to the love interest, god damn it, the fucking music is based around their goddamn love interest. I, oh, <laughs> I'll get to my rant about the soundtracks. Too. <laughs> you uh, shut your whore mouth. But See, literally, that's number two on the whore mouth. There right. is there is no like, I was sitting there the whole time waiting for this rivalry to really fucking spark and happen, and it didn't. And I told I told uh, Kenneth I was like, it's so weird to me uh, that the thing that was supposed to keep their rivalry from being generic, uh, which was Goose's death, uh, still makes their rivalry so fucking generic. It's barely there. Like, like this was supposed to make it more interesting, and it doesn't. The rivalry just completely goes away. You forget all about it, and then it becomes about fucking his uh, PST, PTSD. But then they barely focus on that. Um, and I really like the scene where Ice is in the locker room, and he's trying to talk to Maverick. And you can see that he wants to kind of tell and this is what i got from it you can see where he's kind of wanting to tell maverick he's like hey man i'm sorry and he's like wanting to say but you got to let it go you got to get back on the wagon but then he thinks better of himself or thinks better of maverick's personality and doesn't say it and then he starts to do it again and then he's like fuck it i'm sorry and then walks off i really like that scene yeah it's it's another scene that i think could have been way better like, there could have been something in that scene, whether it was Maverick blowing up or or even Ice bringing up um, the the guy in the beginning of the movie that freaks out and can't fly because him Cougar. and Ice are cool. Yeah, Cougar. Him and Ice are cool. Another thing that never that comes up once between Ice and Maverick and then is never fucking talked about again. And it seems like it's going to be, you know, something that builds a rivalry. <laughs> and then just never done because they're so loose with fucking everything. Um, so it's it just like, I am, but I feel <laughs> like there's a lot of things in this movie that could have been like, if they would have tightened it up and really focused on it and actually made it into the story instead of, uh, playing the same fucking six songs over and over and over again <laughs> in the movie so they could sure. have cool airplane shots, which I'll Three give songs. it to them. The cinematography for the airplanes are great, but I can't keep up with a goddamn thing happening in any of the airplane scenes at all. I have no oh, idea who's I where can. doing what. I can't do it. Uh, they Kenneth clearly can. Yeah, I com- I completely can because you they clearly make the planes for the enemies look different than the F14s. The MiGs look completely different than the F14s that the damn the main guys are flying in. Yeah, and I, I'm not going to give it points off for that because for me I could not keep interest in these airplane battles cuz I could not tell what the fuck was going on because the way they edited it was so just like like the only long shots you ever got was if they're trying to lock on a missile mm-hmm. or it was the guy in the back who had to whip his head around to see the airplane fly by because apparently that's his only fucking job in this entire movie because every person in the back of one of those fucking airplanes, all they do is whip their head around to look at the airplane. Yeah, I don't fucking know what they actually do. Flies that away. Be, that would make me nauseous. It is that would like do. make me more nauseous than fucking <laughs> the spins and the and goddamn really yeah. and shit. Yeah, that person. Yeah, that person's supposed to be radar. They're supposed to be help navigating, keeping up with the enemy, and all that kind of shit. Um, I was but, was 
I was always confused in some of the the scenes where they have these MIGs. I'm like, where are they coming from? Like, who is the enemy? Or are they just some other they're Russian. military? But they Russian just kind of like, they, they fly around and then they're like, hey, we see you flying around. And then they're like, oh shit, let's get out of here. Yes. Yeah, know, pretty that, much. It was all those a lot exchanges of the, were weird. So the Cold War, like testing each other's boundaries, kind of stuff. Okay. Well, to uh, be fair, only the beginning and the ending engagement are actually the enemy. The rest is Top Gun school. Right. Yeah, trying to catch Viper. Yeah. Um, which was Tom Skerritt was amazing in this movie, just like he's amazing in every other movie he's in. Is he the guy that Tom Cruise that knew Tom Cruise's dad? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That Tom Skerritt's Viper. Yeah, he did a good job. Yeah, I um, like him. of course he did. He's fucking amazing. Uh, the soundtrack for this movie is fucking awful. They have six songs <laughs> and they play. They play Danger Zone three times. Yeah. They play the fucking love song between um, Tom Cruise and Charlie when they're fucking. Yeah, the like they play it three times, but it's all in the span of like this ten minute section where they start playing it, they drop it off, then it comes right back, then they drop it off, then it comes right back. Don't um, forget about Great Balls of Fire. Yeah. They play they play Great Balls of Fire once. Yep. Which is good cuz that's how many times you're supposed to play a fucking song in a movie. <laughs> um and then they play the the karaoke song twice and at the end of it you at the the last one at the end of the movie you realize that Charlie actually is Batman with those goddamn sneak skills. <laughs> because I swear uh Commissioner Gordon was in there like, "Where did Charlie go? What the fuck?" At the Kansas City barbecue. <laughs> now, now I, I yeah, know that I, um, I have actually eaten there. Yeah, I, at the end of the movie, where she comes back to Tom Cruise, Kenneth he, is eating there. Yeah, after he, uh, well, you know, when he's sitting at the bar and he's got the Top Gun hat on there after the battle at the end of the movie, and she comes back and finds him. Mm-hmm. That bar, yeah, I've eaten there. It's Kansas City barbecue in the middle of San Diego, California. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, you know it's the, the only uh, place you can get sweet tea. <clears throat> you, you know the uh, the Danger Zone song, right? There was another clip from Family Guy that wasn't in the thing that I sent to Jerry with all the the Family Guy references of Top Gun. But there was another time where Peter was watching a video and that Danger Zone song was in it, and then he goes, "Oh my God, he's just rhyming Danger Zone with Danger Zone." And I always, I always <laughs> thought that was hilarious. So every time I hear the song now, it just makes me think of that stupid Family Guy clip where I'm like, he's just rhyming Danger Zone with Danger Zone over and over. When I think of Danger Zone, I think of Archer. <laughs> um, so my dad, uh, eight years after this movie came out, my dad actually uh, drank with the actors who played Charlie in a bar in Key West. Uh, uh, but at, he said she had uh, gained weight uh, and had no makeup on. It was not looking good. No how oh, many yeah, beers he drank. Wait, that's fucking hot. Um, she doesn't even look good in this movie. Like, I agree. Okay. What? Let's talk about this because me and Kev brought this up. She is not attractive in this movie. She she looks like a slightly fatter in the face <laughs> Kim Cattrall. Period. Yeah, uh, now Goose's wife was fucking hot. Yeah, Meg, Meg Ryan. Ryan. Yes. Yeah, she's hot. I like her. I'm, I'm not. I've never really been a big fan of Meg Ryan. I don't know what it though. is. It, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. At this point, I'd stick my dick in a watermelon. But, <laughs> damn, I've just never really thought. I don't know. There's just something about Meg Ryan that I just never have. Like, her as an actress, I've never really been fond of. 
I'm yeah. not saying that she doesn't have, you know, skill and chops as an as an actress, but I just I, she's not one of those that I'll just seek out to watch a movie with her in it. Right. Yeah, I never was was big on the Kelly McGillis bandwagon from this from this movie. I didn't really get it. So. Yeah, but, I don't either. Uh, <laughs> sorry. One random fact: Do you want to know what my first screen name was? Uh, back yes. when like we first had like AOL. What's that? My dad, my dad made my screen name. Keep that in mind. Top Gun Ten Fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> Did your dad like Top Gun? My dad loved Top Gun. He got pissed <laughs> like off at me guy. because I was talking to him and I told him I was about to watch it for the podcast. And I was like, and he was like, "Oh, I love Top Gun." I was like, "Really? You love a movie about the Air Force?" And then he yelled at me for like five minutes straight about how it's the Navy and not the yeah. Air Force. I was just about to ask, was your dad on the, on the aircraft carriers and shit with the jets? Yeah, he was. Okay, I'm going to totally ask him questions the next time I go over there. Nice. Yeah, he can answer all that shit. Um, so uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, yo, does the Navy... I, I need to call him and ask him if the Navy would have really let uh, Iceman uh, have frosted tips. <laughs> maybe like i really want to know um i honestly don't think they'd have given a shit i think it's all got to do about the facial hair yeah i mean being perfectly uh, honest i think I, I mean because you know uh i think if i and i could be completely mistaken but i think it's the army and the marines that have the most strict uh thing on on head hair hmm. i think those are the ones that are the most strict so, another question I have for all three of you. Okay. How do you feel about uh, Maverick throwing Goose's dog tags into the ocean? So, I would assume that his wife slash son got their own copy of them. Uh, do they make two dog tags? I thought you only get one pair of dog tags. I When someone dies, I think you can request a copy of them, essentially. So, is your dad okay. online? No, I'm gonna. I will call. I will find out though, because I want to know this. <laughs> okay, but okay. Even if I'm Let's, wrong. No, okay, hold up. Take that been... out though. Take okay. that out. Say okay. we only know that he has what the movie shows us, and has he has Goose's actual dog tags. Sure. So they are his if he has them. They were given to him. I'm assuming. That he wouldn't have fought Goose's wife over them if she actually wanted them, if there is only one pair. Them being his, it's his emotional connection to them, so it's his choice if he wants to get rid of them. I wouldn't have. If I had my dad's dog tags from when he was in the reserves, I would not get rid of him. Get rid of them. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But with that, if, if he's, it's like a physical representation of him moving on. So if that's what he needs to become emotionally stable again, then that's up to him. I mean, he could have thrown it into a pool next to Goose's son. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought it was really fucking weird that they did that. I'm like, yo, he has a son. Sure. I'm pretty sure his son would have really appreciated that because I'm pretty sure Goose gave more shit about his son than his Mm -hmm. fucking dog tags being at the bottom of the ocean doing nothing. Maybe. (laughs) Right. We don't know. His son could have been an asshole. Well, I his think... son wasn't an asshole. We saw his son. He was a fucking delight. <laughs> we'll find fine. out when Top Gun 2 hits theaters next year. That's right. Woo! I will not. 
I, I think that the whole movie, we spend a lot of time trying to justify the fact that Tom Cruise is just sort of a narcissist asshole himself. And they try and make you like him despite the fact that he has these flaws. But really, at the end of the day, it's like he's just sort of selfish and a crybaby and overly dramatic about everything and does whatever he feels like and doesn't care about anyone else. And so it, it's like I'm buying into what here exactly? <laughs> yeah, like every character to me in this movie is unlikable. They mm-hmm. are annoying. I like I, I just fucking hate everyone except for Goose and his family. Goose's family is great. Yes. Uh, second best goose ever after Goose from Grease 2. Um, <laughs> and Mother I, and, Goose. And, uh, Mother Goose is a third. <laughs> um, but for me, this movie is super generic. The story is so fucking loose. The characters are unlikable. The romantic angle is in there too much and it's uninteresting. The rivalry doesn't exist. The homosexuality I was promised did not deliver. <laughs> um, the biggest thing I can the uh, oh well also let me continue this complaints. The soundtrack's repetitive. They wasted Goose's death. Um, the only good thing I can give this movie is the one really really good scene in the movie uh, with Tom Cruise dealing with Goose's death when he's packing his box, and that the cinematography for the airplane fights were good. Even if I couldn't keep up with them, um, I fucking love this movie. It wasn't. I. I just. I like. I can understand. I. I can't even really understand anyone loving this movie. This like it's so loose with everything that it like that scene where Charlie is at the fucking airport and he's drinking his glass of water because he's quitting, uh, and she's like giving him the speech i was like i don't care what fucking speech you're talking about what you're saying as long as you make this story move forward because i just want it to keep going and go and instead it does it's like it does everything it can to elongate this movie you could trim 30 minutes out of this movie does everything it can to elongate my penis <laughs> there's nothing in this movie to elongate your penis there's plenty of things to elongate my penis. I think I Charlie is watching the Jets take off, so I don't know right? about you guys. I mean, that beginning scene where it's like it starts up and you can see the stuff with the Jets and they're getting it all ready and things like that, and then the fucking jet takes off and it breaks off into goddamn uh, – uh, that fucking key song that's in it that's escaping my fucking danger zone when it breaks off into that man it's just fucking I'm just like yes let's go let's do this motherfucking Top Gun Tom Cruise Maverick Goose let's get it on <laughs> this, this movie I learned one thing from this movie literally one thing and that is in the first level of Top Gun for the NES apparently uh, you're playing as uh, Cougar and that's why you can't land the plane well, I'm gonna put it. You like can this. land the plane. It's very easy. The it's second a, thing that you've learned joke, is that Jay. you're, you're just it's gonna funny. Go unlike this movie, give me the laser disc. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking break the laser disc. <laughs> that's terrible. Oh, I'm that's mean. S- break it, set it on fire, and just piss on its ashes. Fuck <laughs> that. We don't. We don't burn laser discs. We don't burn laser discs. We don't burn books. We don't burn other things like it's that. Probably better no, the environment. Uh, Oh, I've totally rolled a joint out of a piece of a, uh, from the Bible. That's <laughs> I was talking about the whole book. 
I never have done that, but I'm pretty sure I've set it a whole Bible on fire. Awful. <laughs> that's probably why I haven't done it. Well, no, no, you use the pe- that that piece of paper that's in the very beginning of the Bible that has nothing written on it. It still tastes awful to me. <laughs> it's still shitty paper. Yeah, it always yeah, has. Whatever. Who cares? Kenneth, shut up. We used to smoke out of aluminum fucking cans. Oh, yeah, I have awesome. very fond memories of smoking out of <laughs> aluminum cans. I love can pipes. Yeah, man. I mean, the very first time I ever got stoned was through a can pipe. You just crush that fucker, throw it away. Yeah. Get yourself a new one next time. That's how I didn't get caught by my parents <laughs> then. <laughs> I did later, but oh not then. Oh, my God. Uh, right. So, yeah. I, my rating for Top Gun is fuck this movie. I think <laughs> I've explained how I how I feel about this movie. It sucks. Um, I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for this one because people just love this movie. And I and I, a lot of people probably will not even listen to any of my complaints. But I think if you listen to my complaints about how loose the story is and how the rivalry is barely there, how Goose's death is wasted, mm-hmm. um, how the romantic interest is w- used way too much, I guess they wanted to get... Wi- this almost could be a chick flick. But it's got jets. Sure. Like, it looks like... Like so does my backpack. Yeah. Goddamn right. Uh, but it just it just feels like I, I don't know. I just really I don't I do not get what people like about this movie. So because of that, I'm now going to turn it over to the guys and let them tell you what they love about the movie. Uh, because you've listened to me rant for like 20 minutes straight about how I hate this movie. Okay. So go Jay, first. go ahead. Okay. So I'll actually agree with you that the story is very generic. That I agree with. But like most action-oriented movies, I don't care. I don't care. I'm there to watch cool shit, and the majority of the movies, jets fighting each other, and that's fucking cool. So that's what keeps me entertained. I don't care that the lines are cheesy. I don't care that uh, every other plot point is kind of minor as it goes through. It's enough. It is a generic story. It's about... Uh, you know, the guy loses his friend and that's used as motivation for him to become a better person. And by the end of the movie, he is a better person. Um, (laughs) so look at the entire movie. He keeps leaving his wingman. He leaves Cougar at the beginning. He leaves, uh, I want to say Hollywood in the middle. And by the end of the fucking movie, he's finally like, okay, I'm not going to leave. Even though there's an enemy jet right behind me. So he finally learns his fucking lesson. Whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, he does leave. And then comes back after he gets done freaking out. No, he never uh, engages in the first place. Once he finally engages, he sticks with Iceman the entire time, like he's supposed to. Yeah, Dave's yeah. right. He never really engages until until that one point where everything comes clear. Then he actually does, and fucking there he is. Fine, I'll give you all that, but to me, I'm like, you're in it as soon as you fly out there. I don't right. like. I know they have their engage thing, but you flew out there. And then you were like, Man, he's I don't in danger. No, I'm not I'm a soldier. Gonna, I'm going to fly <laughs> back because this is not safe, guys. It's I'm not like out he of went here. Back. He just never joined. The, like, he flew to where the fight was happening, but he never actually got in the fight. Yep. And yes. then he watched Ex- all them jets spin around in circles, and they look like fucking bees buzzing around. If you look <laughs> at that scene, that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, and and <laughs> the only thing he does learn is to not leave his wingman 
Because other than that, he flies just as fucking dangerously as he was doing before. That's it. He learned See, that's one also thing, like which like, had nothing to do with Goose's death. There's like See, but the thing about it is is the unfortunate thing about that, and I will say unfortunate, is that even his recklessness is part of his genius as being a pilot. He's not supposed to, the the stupid shit that he does like leaving his wingman and stuff like that is what gets him in the in the bullshit to begin with. <clears throat> But at the same time, also some of his recklessness is part of his genius. I mean, they say that in the movie. I agree with you, but here's my thing. This is why I say Goose's death is wasted. He never learns anything from Goose's death. What he learns is to never leave his wingman because he lost a match because he left the wingman. He lost a game because he left the wingman. But he didn't correct his behavior after he lost. He corrected his behavior after his friend died. Which had nothing to do with him leaving his wingman. It just whatsoever. made him a better team player in general. It depends on how you look at it. Because if you look I at don't it, what, see that what, at all. If you, if you look at it from that perspective, what started the whole goddamn thing about Goose going to Maverick and being like, hey, we got to stop fucking damn doing this craziness and going or whatever. going below the hard deck. Yeah, it was goddamn him leaving his wingman. No, no, no. He did not have a wingman during no, it that fight. it was him going below was, the hard was, deck. After it, they got yelled at, because Goose didn't want to get kicked out or demoted or any other negative effect from not following so, the rules. Goose went to him after that because he was still flying way too dangerously, and it was going to get them kicked out because mm-hmm. he was too reckless. So did did the thing where he ended up leaving him again when he went after Viper? That was that was after that. Wasn't that was after the correct, heart and that and that was just him losing a game. That was it. He just lost points. Yeah, because if I'm not, but I'm, the only reason why I'm correlating it to it is because I remember specifically Goose getting upset with Maverick because he was doing the very fucking same thing over again. Yeah, but that was before he uh, let. That was before uh, him uh, trying to get Viper. He left his wingman to get Viper. Right. That Goose had already came to him and talked to him before that. Okay. Um. Because I mean, and that's my point is is. What he learns at the end has nothing to do with Goose's death, has nothing to do with what Goose was concerned about at all. Like, that's what I'm saying. There's so many things that, like, here it is, and then they never touch it. They never use it again. It's presented, (laughs) and then it's taken to the back to be forgotten about as they bring up something new. That's why I say the story is so loose and everything's so generic that nothing fucking lands. And and y'all might be right. I may be looking too far into this. But I don't care what you are. If you are a form of entertainment. Especially if you're a book or a comic or a movie. Or a stripper. Or a TV show or a stripper. You're supposed to be telling a story. That is the number one thing that you do is tell a story. It has a beginning, it has a middle, it has an end. Your characters, everything <laughs> revolves around the fucking story. And this movie was like, they, we gotta write a script for this. No, fuck it. Just put a couple of bullet points and film the airplane. So That's what happened. I, I, I can see that. For me, personally, since this isn't a horror coliseum, I don't have to be objective. <laughs> uh, for me, personally... I watch action movies for the same reason I watch horror movies. When I watch a slasher, 
I don't give a fuck about the story. I want to watch a dude or a lady kill a whole bunch of people in entertaining ways. When I watch an action movie, I want to watch entertaining action sequences. I don't care if the story doesn't make any sense or if it's very basic. Maverick's story is a very basic hero's journey uh, that's been used in storytelling since the dawn of time. And I don't care about that because what the story surrounds is entertaining enough to have me watch it over and over and over again. I, I just, I guess I, 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 to me, the airplane scenes are not entertaining. Um, most of them are two shots, a shot inside the cockpit or a shot of them trying to missile lock. And it's not entertaining because any shots you get of the actual airplanes are literally them just flying one after another, flying past each other, and that's about it. Well, that's what dogfighting uh, is. Yeah, but it's just not entertaining when you when like, oh, he shot. We're just going to do a close-up of the airplane where all you see is just this one four-foot section of steel and put some bullet holes in it. Well, that's like, because it, is, it, it would be almost impossible to actually film fake bullet holes no, no, in the I, air. I agree with you. I told Kenneth this also. I understand why they had to film the cinematography for the planes the way they did because they really didn't have the technology to really uh, do anything crazy. But for me, the, just the airplane scenes are not entertaining. They, I don't even see a lot of action in them. And that's fair. Um, it's, it's, it's okay if you don't find them entertaining. That's just my personal reason why I like the movie so much because you said you don't understand why people like the movie and that's just... that is an, I almost always want to play fucking... Uh, what is that game? Uh, Ace Combat. After I'm done watching Top Gun, I'm like, I want to play in the jets. I just it. I watched it as a kid. It entertained me more then, uh, and so it's kind of just stuck with me. Yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like like ninety percent of the airplane, <laughs> the the jets in this movie are close up shots, with ten percent of it being wide shots. Um, and it's a lot of like jump cut between close up to close up to close up to close up. It's like the wizard for me. I know that the wizard is not a good movie, but I watch the shit out of that because it still entertains me. It has better actors. All right. So Paul, why do you love this movie? Uh, it's funny. Or if you hate this movie, uh, I'm completely cool with that. And it will get you more guest spots on this show. (laughs) It's funny you should mention that because I've been a little bit quiet on defending this one because I'm actually not the biggest fan of it. Uh, this was actually something I, I watched this a lot as a kid because I guess we didn't have that many movies to choose from. And I was like, oh, this is cool. There's planes oh, yeah, and, apparently. and volleyball and, and guys that are way too sweaty all the time, which I don't understand why they're always so sweaty. Those flight but, suits uh, are hot and it's in California. And, uh, <laughs> so I'm like... I, I always liked it as a kid, watched it a lot. I hadn't seen it in forever. And when I watched it now, I was like, I, I could see why people like this, but it's not really my thing. Um, I'm not big on more of, the, the, more of the, the dramatic action movies are not so much my thing. I like more um, less dramatic and more cynical and kind of dangerous ones as opposed to the developing of, of a character or, or somebody's redemption or something. Such as. Isn't isn't as appealing to me like this, so. All right, Kenneth, what'd you say? 
I said such as. Such uh, as what kind of movie was he talking about? Oh, well, well, I mean something in Predator where it's it's more of a straightforward, I'm the tough guy, I'm going to come in and and do my job, as opposed to like Tom Cruise has this, this character flaw that he has to go through all this quote-unquote learning and, and growing in order to become the Top Gun pilot that he's meant to be or whatever. So I'm not as big on that kind of movie of, of like the the hero's journey in this particular case, I guess you could call it. So, I got you. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a good movie. I don't hate it. I mean, if I was rating it for my show, it'd be like in the six and a half to seven out of 10 range. So it's, it's not like I'm saying That's this fair. movie sucks, but, um, a little too much romance and drama for me. And I don't like a lot of romance and drama. I don't like a lot of feelings for the most part. If I can avoid that, I try not to feel, yeah, I know. I've heard you talk about your so, kids. I bet uh, Jerry would like Iron Eagle. I don't know what that is. You I don't know remember the, that one at all. Oh, you man. know what kind of action I movies I like? Mm-hmm. I like buddy cop action movies. Lethal Weapon. Yeah, funny stuff. Beverly like Hills. Uh, cop. Like, I... Rush Hour. Like, I love buddy cop. You would like 48 sure. Hours in another Yeah, 48, 48 hours. hours. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Kenneth. Why do you love this movie? I, I just, I, when it really comes down to it, I mean, it's just a, it, it's overall, it's a fun movie. It's one of those that I watched a lot when I was growing up as a kid. I do see things a little bit more deeply, as I've explained earlier about Maverick's character and stuff like that. I mean, and, and like you and I had talked about before when we when we were discussing that, I don't have a problem seeing everything coming around in this movie full circle. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't feel like things were overly executed in this movie, but I also don't think they were, you know, uh, with the exception of maybe one or two things completely underly under executed. I mean, I think this movie is basically, it's sought out to be what you described it to be, you know, put up some bullet points and throw some fucking flying in it. And we got us a movie. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much what it is. I mean, I'm not going to deny that. You know, and the thing about it is, is, you know, I think that they put it together pretty well and I can get a little bit deeper in some of the other things like I've described earlier. And uh, I just enjoyed it. I never had a problem keeping up with what was going on with the fighting. I never had a problem keeping up with what was going on with Maverick's story. I mean, all the rest of those things. I mean, it was just this time around when I was really paying attention to everything that was going on specifically for this show. I did not have a problem with any, with the majority of any of it other than, you know, I will give it that Val Kimmer's acting was not the greatest, you know, except for that one scene that I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, his acting wasn't the greatest, um, you know, and, and there were probably other things, but then there were, there was other stuff that I thought was great. Like, like at the beginning of it, when, when right after Cougar says turns in his wings and you got the, uh, the other uh, guy that's over goose and Maverick and he's sitting there and he's like, if y'all, if y'all screw up just this much, you'll be flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. That was fucking superb, man. That was hilarious. And so I, I think it's a combination of the two, man. I mean, it's nostalgic. It's got, good elements to it and and it, in my opinion it was easy to follow so i just enjoyed it i had i had a lot of fun with it and you know like i said earlier the 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 character of maverick you you go back and forth through the whole goddamn movie whether you love him or whether you fucking hate him 
It's mm-hmm. like, you know, in one scene, he's a complete fucking cock who has a complete disregard for anybody else's safety and things like that. And then he fucking jumps in his goddamn jet and he goes and he does something that's fucking amazing. You know, like when he's fighting up against, uh, uh, not Viper, but the other guy. And and this is one of those things where I, I, I think to myself all the time, why do people not fucking do this in movies? Where you're having this fucking chase scene that's going on, whether it be in jets or in cars, and nobody slams on the motherfucking brakes so the person can go by. Maverick did that in the mm-hmm. movie. You know what I'm saying? He's just like, I'm going to fucking slam. Well, he didn't say fucking, but he's like, I'm going to slam on the brakes and he'll fly right by. And he does it. And I'm like, finally, finally, somebody fucking does that in a movie because it makes perfect fucking sense. You know what I just realized? Your description of Maverick is basically Goku. Yeah. Yeah, now that I think about it, yeah, you're right. Cause there's, no, because he's not the best automatically. Iceman is arguably a better pilot the entire movie. And then until the very end where he comes up and wins, just like Goku, who constantly gets his ass beat until the last second where he comes up with some fucking generic uh, advanced superpower technique to win because Goku is also one of the worst written generic <laughs> fucking horrible characters ever, especially in Dragon Ball Super. I, I cannot disagree with Jerry on that Who one. No, no, I agree with that. But... And has never kissed their wife. How does that even make sense? It doesn't make sense. He put his tail in her, then the tail disappeared, and it's never <laughs> mentioned again. Oh, boy. <laughs> fucking stupid. But, yeah, okay. So, you... <laughs> You've all heard it here. We all fucking hate Top Gun. We think no, it's a stupid no. movie. <laughs> Listen here, I get to edit this, and I edited it how I want. They heard this movie. that you all hated this movie. I'm this gonna movie have is terrible. Profile picture to Tom Cruise. <laughs> no, <laughs> fuck no. Unless it's uh, Tom Cruise in Interview with the Vampire, because I think that's the no, only movie he's in that I sending you. I'm enjoy. not here to do it. I'm gonna PayPal or money. Like get a hold of Jerry's phone. Change his password, make his profile pick Tom Cruise, make his oh status I love gun. Here's fifty bucks. <laughs> and then lock the account. Yeah. Well not forever. I need him to have it for kill the cast stuff, but just <laughs> enough so that we'll see that his profile picture is Tom Cruise and that he actually loves Top Gun. Hey Paul, do you want to be on a new podcast? I think we're losing the host. <laughs> uh, I'm I might be able to fire Paul fun. earlier. Oh. <laughs> well shit. I do uh, have clear tastes in movies. So. Okay. So uh, I don't that's, want to do an interview with vampire on the show though. That's not an action movie. I don't give a fuck. Stop. I guess we could do that for kill the cast. cast. Yeah, vampire. I mean, goddamn, don't don't people know that at this current moment we do what the <laughs> fuck we want on kill the cast? Hell yeah. Okay. That's right. <laughs> I that's mean, true. Coliseum, Queen of the Damned versus Interview with the Vampire. Oh, fucking Interview with the Vampire, fucking goddamn beat Queen of the Damned all day long. I, 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 I don't. I about the same except story. in soundtrack. Well, that's true. Good point. Where, uh, yeah, because that's the only fucking good thing about Queen of the Dam. The rest of the movie was absolutely whoa, 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 whoa. The way Aaliyah looked was very good in that movie. Mm-hmm. Do you know that it is as, as as much as I love half naked women, if not naked, damn, as hot as she looked in that, I was totally ruined because of how unlike the source material. <laughs> And you know what? I realized that sometimes, and we've talked about it on the show, that you can't be so critical with the source material. That movie was so far removed from the source material that it should not have fucking been called Queen of the Damned. 
Maybe we need to do a horror coliseum where we compare the book versus the movie. Uh, right? It'd have to be a book I've already read. No, go fuck yourself. You're gonna. Yeah, read but it. see, that would take that would take time because if you haven't read it, then you would have to have the time to read it or listen to the audio book. Exactly. Yeah, maybe it was Cliff Notes. What is this well, book? Fuck it. We could do uh, Pin so, uh, Hellraiser. I've read that book. That's true. Okay, so uh, that's it, guys. That was Jerry Hates Action uh, number <laughs> nice. two. Um, before we get out of here, though, I want to throw it over to Paul. Paul, pimp your stuff. Tell people what what you got coming out, what you're doing. Tell them what, what you do on your show. Sure. And uh, well, before I do that, I just wanted to say thanks again for inviting me to come on. It was fun just to just to kind of get in and mix it up with you guys. It's always nice to actually have a real conversation about things as opposed to just through texting or Facebook or something. So, so I appreciate the opportunity here. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and listen to me rant. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Hour and a half straight. I'm glad and you enjoyed yourself. Paul. <laughs> sure. Sure. The, uh, the show is called who will survive. Uh, we do horror movie reviews. It's mostly Marco and I, and, and sometimes we'll have some guests and I try to do interviews with, more independent movie directors, writers, actors, whatever I can manage to latch my hooks into through social media stalking and get them wrangled into an interview through Skype with us. Uh, so we've had some cool people come on to do interviews in the past year that we've been doing the show. And then I do a Friends Till the End series that Jerry mentioned, which is just myself without Marco. And I just bring on random people to kind of do a it's sort of a interview slash conversation, so it's it's kind of a mix of both things, but just more of an open format talk. So, yeah, if you if you like the interview shows I do, but you're like Jerry, quit talking about depression and suicide with these people, <laughs> and you'd rather listen to people get high and then talk about like just really interesting, funny things. <laughs> Go listen to friends to lead. Cause it's a blast. Uh, Thank you. I, I did an episode of it and it was, it was just a super fun time. I think I ranted about PG 13 movies. Yeah. And oh, you're not stuff, one of I'm them. Sure. Are you? No, I ranted about how people are dumb to hate PG 13. Oh, horror movies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> unless it's a slasher, it's okay. Slashers need to be an R. I don't give a shit what you say. That's the only. That's the fucking uh, uh, ex exception to the rule. Sure, Paul, you so, should look into narrating documentaries. Oh, thank you. My voice, are you saying? Yeah, straight up. I've I've been trying to work on having a more even tone and and being more straightforward with my thoughts. I'm very critical of myself. Yeah, maybe I can a, get a job as like a, a nature documentary narrator guy because I love watching those things, anyways. Yeah, uh, legitly. Agreed. Uh. <laughs> Before Paul actually started his podcast, he spent like three, four months just like <laughs> testing and doing research. Like one night I just got on to Skype with him just so he could test out his equipment. Right, right. Um, I remember when he messaged me because he, he had finally got it down to like two different names for the podcast. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what the other one was. I, I don't even but remember I didn't, anymore. Either. I didn't vote for that one, so I didn't give a shit. I was like, oh, who will survive? You can do so much with that. Sure. Uh. But yeah. the dedication Paul put into getting the podcast ready and make it, and then when you listen to it, it's it's super well produced. 
Thank you. Um, Unlike the rest of conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unlike <laughs> Kill the Cast, because yeah. I don't produce shit. I get on here with a Ooh. southern accent, sound like I'm fr- fucking from the boondocks out some goddamn where, and then I say as many cuss words as I can muster. Yeah. Hey, that's that's uh, fine, too. Southern accents are allowed. Swearing is allowed. We uh, we just try to keep it pretty loose on our show, too. We, we just have been shifting more to an open conversation as as our main focus instead of having super in-depth review and it works for us for now so we'll see how that goes but we're coming up on one year of the show so conversation based uh reviews are really like some of the best ones we've ever done were were just where we just flat out had a conversation about Mm -hmm. the movie it went wherever it went and then Whenever there was a sticking point, we would just really get into it. Right. Yeah. Right. Those are my favorite episodes that we do. Like The Village. Nice. Yes. So, that's the one when people are like, what episode? I'm like, listen to The Fucking Village. That's a great episode. Right. <laughs> yeah. You guys kind of inspired me to, to shift into a little bit more open conversation as well as some other shows because <laughs> I tried, I, you know, I would try different review styles of like going through a linear timeline and doing different. Uh, topical type of things or whatever like you know and i like that you do sort of the rating show for the the horror coliseum and stuff so we kind of try to fuck around a little bit and do different ideas and just keep it keep it interesting so but yeah yeah, horror coliseum is the only place where we do rate things because we completely stopped rating movies sure sure. so yeah we're coming up on one year of the show which we have another review episode coming out before that and then we're going to do kind of a one-year retrospective where we're not going to review any movies we're going to kind of review the past year of the show and just go through and it's like oh remember episode one episode two episode three and so hopefully it won't be too boring uh for one of i think it was i can't remember if it was our one year anniversary or two year i think it was one year anniversary Mm -hmm. i mean two year i don't know actually we thought it was our one year and then halfway through we discovered it it was our second year yeah Uh, uh I went through and I was just like naming off every episode we've ever done mm-hmm. and like talking a little bit about it. And I got so many people that were just like, why did you do that? That was dumb. <laughs> well, the prepare I was for like, a dumb it was episode. fun at the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh wait, I thought you were talking about our mishap with the uh, evil dead. What are you talking about? Uh, when we did, when I sat there and named like every episode we ever did on the show. And oh, just, like, that. Yeah. It was fun for me, damn it. Fun. Yeah. It was fun for me, too. By the way, Jay, Jerry is the only one out of the three of us that doesn't have a Nightbreed hoodie. Oh, did you get one? Nice. Fuck yeah, I did, man. Yeah, mine came in It's super yesterday. fucking comfortable, too. I was surprised at the quality of the uh, of the hoodie when I got it. I was like, I thought it was just going to be like one of those, you know, cheap $10 Walmart hoodies with a badass print on it. The inside nice. of that fucking thing is soft, man. Yes. Yeah, well. So uh, here's here's a little advertisement. Horrormerch.com. Very comfortable hoodies with awesome horror prints on them. Some exclusive Not to be be confused with horrorporn.com. Yeah, very comfortable. Rocks off watching someone get rocked off. All right. Right. Horror porn. Horror porn. Very comfortable masturbation (laughs) material. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay. I got this. Is about to hit two hours. I'm wrapping it up. Everyone, go check out Paul on Who Will Survive. Yeah, thank he you. is on uh, the Legion Network, and he's also on. Is it uh, Raw and Unedited? Network? Oh, um, the Raw other Live? Raw Live and what Unedited is... Podcast Network. 
Yeah, Raw Live and Unedited Podcast Network. Uh, if you if you're into that network, has a lot more for comic books and Star Wars and Marvel, right? Um, and shit like that. Uh, Marco does a, a Star Wars podcast, so check that yes. out. Uh, yeah. I think the only podcast review I actually listened to for the Last Jedi was uh, you and Marco's. Oh, nice. <laughs> Did you like that it or hate it? it? Uh, I liked it. Yeah, but okay. I'm I'm That's I'm it. soft on those kind of things. You don't need so. to get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than that, guys, thank you for joining us. We needed a little break from Horror Coliseum, but next episode will be uh, Horror Coliseum number six, where uh-huh. we're doing Nightmare on Elm Street 6 versus uh, Friday the 13th part 6. I'm starting to lose my mind here. <laughs> um, so, with that being said, we're about to get the fuck out of here. Check out everything Kill the Cast does, of course, because if you don't, I don't know. Kenneth will go find you. Um, so we're about to get out of here. Uh, Jay, any last words? No, this was fun. Uh, we definitely should. I want you to check out Iron Eagle. Uh, I think it's another jet movie from the same time period, but it's more adventure. I think you'll actually get a kick out of it. Uh, okay. Uh, Paul, any last words? Yes. My last words are highway to the danger zone, ride into the danger zone. <laughs> Did you just prime Danger Zone with Danger Zone? <laughs> Thank oh you to Kenny Loggins. Yes. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Kenneth, do you have any last words? I really would like to see strippers do a storytelling of like Macbeth or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'd pay for that. <laughs> like okay, it. there you go. Sign up for the Patreon for strippers reading Macbeth or some shit. <laughs> new, new, uh, new All right. idea. Later, guys. Hamlet strippers. <laughs>